The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. America full house today a full desk full Nate Ryan Dale Jarrett Steve Latart Jeff Burton guys the round of eight was kicked off at Martinsville and kicked off in a big way by Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Pernwin their third playoff race of the season their seventh race of the year leading 464 laps locking themselves into the championship four you would think that would be topic one <laughs> surprisingly it's not welcome to short track racing topic one is going to have to be the incident between Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano post-race this is what happened during the race. Jeff, what do you see? Well, quite simply, Denny Hamlin using up too much racetrack gets Joey Logano in the wall. Uh, just hard racing. We see this at Martinsville. If I'm Joey Logano, I'm mad. If I'm Denny Hamlin, I'm hoping I didn't cut my right side tires. Yes. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard racing. You know, he wasn't trying to get into him, but it did happen. And then they needed to talk. And the talk was going good until that moment right there. The hand hits Denny Hamlin on the right shoulder. Denny obviously upset with that. Crew members get involved. Denny Hamlin goes to the ground and escalates, as we have seen before, with these issues on pit road. And I think that's going to be the conversation, is what happened between two drivers grew into multiple crew members. And I think that's really the whole situation. We're going to hear from some drivers, Steve O'Donnell and Todd Gordon, all with an opinion on the issue. Yeah, I, mean, I just wanted to talk to him about it and was pretty frustrated. I mean, he just kind of came off the corner like he wasn't on a car on the outside of him. And Ruined our day, a shot to win for sure, and I don't really know what happened because once he started hitting me, he didn't lift. He just kept finishing me off. We ran each other fine all day, so I, I don't know. I don't really know what happened. I got close off of turn four. It looks like we got together, and, and it looks like collateral damage. He, he blew a tire, but I honestly just wanted to see what he was going to say, and he really wasn't apologetic at all. So that's more frustrating when someone's like that, isn't it? When someone wrecks you and is like, eh, that's not really the what I was going for there. Well, we were having a discussion. Everything was civil. And then like Joey does, he does a little, you know, push and then runs away, so. Maybe I shouldn't shove him at the end. And <laughs> uh, they escalated a little bit more, but um, it's frustrating. It's a lot of passion out there. That's Joey. It's he's scared. I, he said, do you want to go? I said, yes, I'm here. But then he runs away, so. I just wanted to see what his thoughts were. And it uh, wasn't quite the answer I was looking for. He would probably say, ah, yeah, short track racing. We don't encourage it, but we know that they're going to address uh, each other after the race when they have an incident, and we saw that happen. Uh, and then, unfortunately, instead of, you know, kind of breaking up uh, a fight, I think what we what we saw was uh, an aggressive move by a crew member. So, you know, we called uh, the team in, um, including Todd Gordon. I think in this case, you got to, a uh, crew member who was maybe trying to break it up, but uh, certainly an aggressive move that we viewed on, on our part, and, and unfortunately we'll probably have to, to take some action to address that uh, you know, later today, tomorrow. Unfortunately, in, in the situation that happened there, uh, you know, the separation was with too much power um, afterwards, and, and uh, 
you know, I don't, I don't think uh, you know, a crew member that had a situation. He was, he was trying to separate the drivers and, and did so with probably more force than, than he than he anticipated, and and he's regretful of that. So Denny got pulled out of there and got got pulled down pretty hard. So uh, apologize to Denny for that, uh, how that was handled. Ultimately, I'll, I'll put that one back on me to start with because I shouldn't have let Joey down there to start with it. So just to clear that all up, that was both drivers post-race in Martinsville. Steve O'Donnell, Todd Gordon this morning on uh, Sirius XM Radio. Well, that was hours ago. What's the update right, now, Nate? Right. So, yeah, we heard Steve O'Donnell. We heard Todd Gordon, Joey Logano's crew chief, Steve. And about a half hour ago, uh, NASCAR announced that Dave Nichols, who is the tire specialist on the number 22 team of Joey Logano, he was the guy who we saw pulling Denny Hamlin away, and Denny Hamlin ended up ending up on the concrete. He has been suspended from the next NASCAR Cup Series race. So Dave Nichols, tire specialist from the number 22 Ford, won't be at Texas Motor Speedway. And I think what's important to note here is, we, and we heard Steve O'Donnell say this, they considered that move that you see right there, uh, Nichols throwing Denny Hamlin to the concrete, as aggressive. I and mean, Denny Hamlin certainly, fortunately, wasn't injured in that event, but he could have been. And I think that was what NASCAR took into consideration. A week ago, in the Xfinity race at Kansas, uh, there was a, a team scuffle similar to this where Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer got involved and you know, one of the drivers had a little red welt above his eye. NASCAR didn't suspend anybody in that situation. I think that the difference is, in this instance, the reason Dave Nichols was suspended for a race is they felt as if it he was too aggressive in the way he separated Hamlin from Logano. The Hamlin possibly could have gotten hurt when he was thrown to the concrete. So I think there's lots of layers to cover in this moving forward, how they're going to race next week, the punishment and all that. I'm going to start with the drivers. Let's start with the on-track issue led to an off-track conversation that left, led into some pushing and shoving. Where do you stand on that? Well, listen, I, I don't blame Joey Gano for being upset. He got run into the wall. Uh, I don't think Denny Hamlin meant to do it. He puts him, put yeah. himself in jeopardy, too. So I don't, bring, I don't blame Joey for wanting to have a conversation. Uh, Joey made a mistake when he pushed, you know, aggressively pushed Denny. At that point, I don't blame Denny for going at him. I think that NASCAR has got to find a way to diffuse the situation in regard to crew members. Like, if you, I, I think that, Steve, if, you're, if your guy, if your driver is getting ready to get in a situation, I think you should go in there to get your guy. I don't think you should get the other guy. You know what I mean? And, and there has to be some parameters. Because if you don't, I mean, that right there could have, I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? I mean, it could have been bad for Denny Hamlin. I think NASCAR is going to, making this suspension, I think, is a good step. I don't think the guy was trying to hurt Denny Hamlin, but you've got to have you got to have some barriers. And I think having I can't believe I'm saying this, having a more defined rule about it probably <laughs> makes sense. I think we have a lot of rules now, <laughs> yeah. but you know, in the interest of just calmness, I think it makes some sense to make a, a little more you know line in the sand. This is what you're not going to cross. Yeah, I, I mean, you you said as much about the racing as you can really say. I mean, it is short track racing. Uh, it wasn't something I don't think Denny intentionally did that. He just, you know, this was late in the race on a restart, getting everything that you can, you can't lift in that situation. I know Joey said that, you know, Denny just kept on and, you know, ran him up and, and got into him and, and then just went on. Well, he wasn't going to back out at that point. So, yeah, that was hard. And a conversation needed to be had. I appreciate, you know, a couple of years ago, Joey Logano said the deal with Matt Kenseth probably escalated because nobody made an effort to go to the other. So I think he was learning something Excellent from point. that. He just should have kept his hands in his pocket. And yeah. then everything would have probably been okay. You yeah. know, would have walked away from this. Even though he didn't get the answer that he was looking for there, I think that perturbed him, perturbed him. And he was like, 
you know, I got to do show my displeasure a little bit here, more than just words, and then it escalated from there. But the crew members, we do have to keep away. I understand. It's a team sport. We talk about this all the time, you know, and they're protecting their driver. You know, they all go into this together, and, and when you see something happen like that, I think it's just a natural reaction. But we, you, as you point out, Jeff, some solid rules have to be put down as far as what's going to happen if you do this. So as a, a person who had to try to control 20 crew members and some very large, strong pit crew guys that could beat up most every driver in the field, I like what you're saying, right? If this driver has a different uniform on than you, then it has to be hands-off. I would like to see one further. I would like to see post-race that the whole area is more secure. We've seen it now on pit road at Charlotte. We saw it at the pit road at uh, the Xfinity Series race. We've now seen it in pit road here. And I understand the crew member's intent, and I understand rules. I understand all of that, but this is chaos, and no one operates very calmly in chaos. I would like to see just the way the cars are protected and qualifying because they're looking for rule breakers. I would like to see the cars stopped in an area where no one has access to them, where the drivers get out for multiple reasons. In a hot race when a driver needs medical attention, medics can get there quicker. We don't need all these people on pit road. The media is required to stay behind these fences when they have to ask their questions. I would like to see the same out of the crew members, and it's for everyone's safety. I'm not worried about penalties, and I'm not worried about that. It's a safe situation because, God forbid, a driver gets thrown down against a car, a crew member trip. Like, yeah, right, intent has right. nothing to do with potential right, injury. Right. This race is supposed to happen on the racetrack. I also will say that if two drivers want to go out and dot each other in the eye, so be it. I'm totally fine with that because they are the only ones that know what happened on the racetrack. I crew chief. I listen to a lot of spotters. We have no idea. Only these guys here know what happened all those races. Yep. Same thing out there, Nate. So maybe this question has just been answered by if you, if you put all those parameters in, Stevie, you don't need a rule. But to Jeff's point earlier, what should the rule be to keep crew members from being involved in driver scuffles. I mean, maybe if you cordon them off, you know, sequester them in another part of the pits, so you don't have to worry about this. But if they do encroach upon it, should be anybody who leaves the designated area gets suspended? I mean, what, what well, should I think it be? becomes very clear. If there is an area you're not allowed to go into and you enter, then it's like leaving the bench in an NBA game, right? It's about you, 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 and you, you're out. And the driver, here's the simple fact, and no disrespect to the driver. But the type of human being you hire to jack a car or carry a tire is 100 pounds bigger and three times stronger than any race car driver out there. Yeah. That, that's not a fair fight, nor should it be. A race car driver should never, that's not what this sport is about. I'm okay with a fist fight between drivers, but let's leave it between drivers. We, 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 want, we want the passion. We, we, cannot, we cannot ever get ourselves in a situation where drivers don't immediately talk to the media, right. that drivers can't immediately talk to each other, that drivers can't immediately have a conversation with their with their own crew members. Um, but, you know, and I, I know you guys are gonna yell at me because I'm comparing our sport to another sport. And for some reason, we're not supposed to do that. But, <laughs> but, you know, in basketball, you know, they quite simply, if you leave the bench, you're suspended, right? If you leave the bench, you're suspended. A coach can go on the court and to try to get things calmed down, right? And something like that to me makes sense. And just saying, look, if, if you put your hands if you put your hands on a, on a crew member from a, another team or you put your hands on a driver from another team, that's going to be a problem. If you're picking your guy up to get him out of there, go. You know, that's what we want you to do. Yeah. I just think that's kind of a simple way, simple way to handle it. Well, because to be clear, I don't believe there was intent either from this crew. Yeah, I don't think he went in there going, I'm going to exactly. hurt Danny. That wasn't his intent. He was trying to defuse it. I agree completely with the suspension. Um, I think that while it doesn't matter the intent, it was way too severe for the situation. Danny Hamlin, a superstar in the sport, or any driver, shouldn't be in that situation. Like I said, if Joey Logano takes him to the ground, that's a different situation. But crew members 
you know, I don't feel they should get involved. And Todd Gordon was trying to suspend it. He was yeah. trying. He was stopped. Stop. stop. Right. And he got put. He got yeah. in danger. If you know, watch that film, I mean, he was in a situation where he was kind of being attacked. He was trying to defuse the situation. So listen, when you get this many people with this much emotion, this many things going on. Yeah. You're going to have stuff. And, yeah. and Todd Gordon, I thought it was interesting, said that they had had discussions internally about what to do in this type of situation. And it might have been with Denny Hamlin, because this is not the first time that Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano, DJ, have gotten together. Yeah. Uh, this feud goes all the way back to 2013. It's, it's had periods where it's, it's been a little bit calm. But, you know, Bristol Motor Speedway, as we watch here six and a half years ago, a pit scuffle very similar to the one we saw yesterday erupted. Uh, what happens now between Logano and Hamlin going forward? Because Denny wasn't pleased about the way Logano raced at Dover yep. when he was 24 laps down a few weeks ago. Okay, so the first thing is that, and Jeff was getting to this, we don't need to get in the middle of a feud happening. That's no. yeah. <laughs> something we need. Everybody talks about wanting these feuds. They want a rivalry right. between these drivers, and, and we need that. You know, it's, you can go all the way back. I was... You know, we've talked about it before. I mean, my dad and Ralph Earnhardt and Junior Johnson, they all had feuds. Richard Petty and Bobby Allison, you know, their dislike for each other was well known in a sport that wasn't covered by, you know, 20 cameras around and microphones everywhere. So you know how much they we, we want this passion from the drivers, and if it turns into something a little bit more, so be it. So we don't want that to go away. How are they going to race each other? They both are sitting above the cut line right now. They're racing. They're trying to race their way into race for a championship. I don't think that that's going to change. I don't think they're going to take this out in these next two races uh, because they need to accumulate points, do everything they possibly can to try to win one of these next two to make sure they're racing for a championship in a few weeks. But going forward, this isn't going to end. They are both hard-nosed racers that have tremendous amount of talent that are going to race up front. And when you do that on a weekly basis, things are going to happen, and things like this are going to happen afterwards. So do I think they're going to wreck each other? I don't. I think Logano learned with Kenseth that conversation is the better. Avno, you brought it up. That's why we saw a conversation. Danny Hamlin learned with Chase Elliott to defuse the situation, but be clear. When they green flag at Texas and they're side-by-side side going into one, <laughs> they could give zero concern about the other guy's opportunity to make the corner. Right? They're not going to wreck each other, but I'm gonna you can worry about you and I'm going to worry about me. And that is the fans should be cheering because that is what the playoffs have done. Mm -hmm. And then you take two guys right. that don't like each other on top of that, and then it's, I'm not, the inch I may have considered giving you, I'm going to take that and a couple more, and I'm hoping <laughs> you're going to leave me room. I mean, have we... Has this playoff format not continued to deliver year after year after year? And it's all—it's not only done that, it's also confused the drivers, I think, and the crew members, because we've asked this rule system, asked the drivers to find a way to get more, right? It just plain and simple does. You go to Martinsville, Joey Logano last year, does what he does, wins a race, goes on to win a championship. You know, if, when you and I were racing, like, there's, no, like you did that, but there was a price to pay for it. But Joe yeah. Logano won a championship for doing it. And that changes the game. And when you have that much just out there in front of you as a character, what are you going to do? You're going to go chase it. And we, the, the, the format is awesome, but the negative of it, it has created so much chaos that we have this stuff. And, and this stuff's great as long as it's controlled, right? You yes. can't have complete chaos. It has to be, you know, it can't be, uh, it can't be uncontrolled. And it certainly can't be manipulated, right? That's yeah. the thing. Like this yeah. stuff, this stuff is just amazing because it shows the passion. But in hockey, two players yeah. start swinging at each other, and everybody else gets away. Yeah, great point. Let them have that. Everybody else gets away. Yeah.
And here there were there was no security and there were no NASCAR officials involved there. So I think there's some you know, things to be learned from this because nobody who did we sit back and think that something wasn't going to come from this? I mean, there was a history there already. Right. And uh, so I, I think that more could have been done to keep all of this from escalating to this point. It was a, it was a crazy race on top of all that. We spent a lot of time <laughs> talking about this fight, but yeah. a lot of stuff hey, happened in that race. For a guy cars. that led 464 laps, there was a lot of things <laughs> yes. that went on in this race. You know on the ride home, he had said, what happened? And that happened. <laughs> yeah. oh, that happened. Truex had it because he didn't see a lot of it. Yeah, so the first race, he was looking. We showed him a lot of stuff, and he was like, oh, really? Wow. You yeah. know what he was yeah. doing? He was yeah. laughing. Oh, he, he was, like, yes. On, on camera, he was laughing. <laughs> well, you mentioned a lot happened. You would think this was the only disagreement. It was not because coming up, Eric Almarola sent a stern warning to Kyle Busch after the race. Gonna get everybody's opinion. Does Kyle Busch and this 18 team need to be worried about the 10 coming up? Frustrated. We got three more weeks, and I'm gonna make it hell for him. He ran over me, so I chopped him, and then we got hooked together. He says he plans to make it hell for him. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Um, I feel like we could have a whole show about rivalries leaving Martinsville. Nate, I'll go to you real quick. That was on Sunday at Martinsville. Yep. Any updates on this? Since we had one crew member suspended, I feel like I need to ask. Uh, no updates here. I just checked Twitter. No okay. tweets uh, to be aware of that I that I know of. Uh, by the way, that was Dustin Long of NBCSports.com who informed Kyle Busch, hey, Eric Almarola said this, mm. and Kyle Busch said, oh, sounds good. Uh, at Kansas, that was I was playing that role with Kyle where I got four or five questions and very curt, terse, one-word answers. That's not unusual for Kyle Busch when he's had a tough day. I mean, I would expect nothing less not just from Kyle Busch, but from any driver who's had a really difficult day on the racetrack to, you know, be a little bit short with us when we're asking the questions. But with Kyle, and we've talked about this probably ad nauseum here, but it, it, there's clearly a lot going on that he's unhappy about. I mean, his, his concerns about the 2019 rules package and what he doesn't like about it are well documented. I think now during the playoffs when his team, regular season champions, although they haven't won since June, his team is on this just slump uh, and just on this really difficult roll right now where they're just going in the wrong direction. And it's happening as his teammates are running really, really well. Martin Truex Jr. obviously has been the best team, best driver in the playoffs. Uh, and Denny Hamlin is almost right there with him. He won at Kansas. So I think all of those things compounded are affecting Kyle right now. So you mentioned a normal bad day for Kyle does get short responses. But I had to shuffle my notes because I what am I missing? Kyle Bush is third in the standings, plus 17. While it wasn't a good day, he's in everyone's mind should be Miami bound. DJ, how much of a concern is this A, the action on the racetrack, and B, the action after the race? Uh, I'm not worried about the after the race. That's that's a reaction from a driver that's frustrated with everything that goes back to what is happening on the racetrack, and that Kyle Bush has lost focus here. Uh, it's it's not just 
because he's not winning races. He didn't have much to say about the rules package when he was winning four races before he went on this winless streak. It was kind of okay at that time. But then his teammates started winning more races. I think that's, as you mentioned, uh, become a, a, an issue with him. But Kyle Busch has something else going on. We, we've, you know, we, we've heard him say things and do things, but to see him make the mistakes on the racetrack, now everything hasn't been just because of his mistakes, but Kyle Busch has something going on somewhere. I don't know, professionally, personally, I don't know what it is, but there's something going on that he is not – staying focused inside that race car uh, the way that we know how good Kyle Busch can be whenever he is. So I think that that's creating an issue, and I'm uh, not sure that that can be fixed here. We keep saying he went to a racetrack yesterday that he had finished eight straight times in the top five, two of those being wins, and really wasn't ever in that position. I know he got up to that, but but you could see that things were starting to unravel, just as we've seen a number of times uh, during this winless streak. Well, I will add as a guy that basically chased Jimmy Johnson through the absolute best run in NASCAR history, <laughs> that it is extremely... Oh, you're in a table full of those. <laughs> yeah, right. It is extremely frustrating knowing exactly what's in his car and can't catch him. I did it, right? I, I didn't, couldn't catch Jimmy Johnson. And now Kyle Busch has always been the alpha driver at yep. Joe Gibbs yep. Racing. Never a doubt. Yep. Denny Hamlin has had a great career, but no one ever said, well, he's the lead driver over Kyle Busch. It's never been stated that way. Now I would say Denny Hamlin is as good or having a better year than Kyle Busch, and no one can argue the numbers of Martin Truex Jr. I think we all saw this coming when he came in-house. Is it as simple as that, Jeff? Is it as simple as Kyle Busch has to find a way to be his best when his teammates are running at their best? So I said it before. I had some similar concerns as, as DJ, but what I watched Kyle do at Dover uh, when he had problems, at Kansas when he had problems, I thought he did a really good job of managing his days, making the most out of situations, uh, recovering from problems, and I'm like, okay, that's the Kyle Busch that I'm accustomed to seeing. I, you know, he he admitted admitted that you know the deal with Eric Amarola, you know, when Eric got into him, he hit him back. You know what I mean? And that's probably not a decision that you can make when you are in the playoffs, right? It's just it's you you need to avoid that contact. I don't blame. Hey, I would have been mad too, right? Yeah. If if I got hit like that, but you know that decision probably wasn't the best decision. But you said it, Kyle Busch is third in points. Uh, and and you know I, I do think I do I, I think what DJ said is right I think what you said is right in regard to you know Martin Truex has seven wins this year Denny Hamlin has five Kyle Busch has four Kyle's third on the list and he that's uncharted territory for Kyle and he does I can promise you he doesn't like it and and then on top of that you know I've said this consistently Kyle, you know Martin Truex over the last three years that's been the best driver. Yeah. And listen, that's nothing against Kyle Busch. That's, you're comparing the two very best in the last yeah, three yeah, years. But to yeah. be honest, Martin, this has been going on for a while. Yeah. Martin Truex has two more wins, championship within there. You know, and, and you know, I just don't know how you don't make the case that you know, Martin Truex has actually been the best driver over the last three years. Well, when you talk about fan access, it's a great time to remind everybody that Wednesday, Kyle Busch should be at this desk for Motor Mouse. Wow. You could call in and talk to him yourself. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about Kyle Busch, talked a lot about Joe's Racing, but we still haven't answered the question should he specifically reach out to Eric Almarola? How about the threat that Almarola put out about the next three races? Should Kyle Busch, about this specific conversation, should there be concern? Um, I, I don't think so. I, I think a lot of those things are said with that. And, and as six days go by and you get you, you know, said back that like you've race done car, it. Absolutely. Been there. Yeah. And, you know, hey, we heard Martin Truex say just last year, leaving Martinsville, that Joey Logano would not win the championship. Yeah. 
Who won the championship? Yeah, good point. Good so point. Yeah, these so, things get passed over. I don't think that's his main concern. I think they have bigger concerns in worrying about getting their driver. And I'm sure that Joe Gibbs has already talked to Kyle Busch, but I think another conversation needs to be had. They're still in a position. You talk about him still being above the cut line and, and you know going to two racetracks that he knows how to win and, and knows how to perform at a high level. Kyle Busch is going to Miami. I, I just cannot see a pathway you where Kyle Busch dropped it right there. Kyle Busch is just, not going to Miami with a chance to win a championship. And then everything like your concerns, some of my concerns, like he can put those behind him. Yeah. I, I mean, I I really believe he's got three races. Like he had three races to get this done. He is going to Miami with a chance to win a championship. And the competitor and and Kyle Busch will lock in in Miami, and I think we'll see the Kyle Busch that we're accustomed to seeing. Uh, yeah, my concern here in saying that is that I think there's a path to where he doesn't, and that would be Kevin Harvick winning a race and either Ryan Blaney or Kyle Larson. Chase or Elliott. Chase Elliott winning a race, and there's one spot open, and he's having to race Denny Hamlin for that spot. Denny Hamlin's in a much better place in his mind right now. Damn. One race, a lot of conversation. Nate, thanks for joining us at the table. You brought a lot of great information. But as I promised, we haven't even discussed the race winner. So coming up, we're going to discuss the turning point of Sunday's race, which led to a dominant performance by Martin Trex Jr. I'm guessing you aren't going to know when it is. It was an absolute domination by Martin Truex Jr. I've been fortunate enough to be part of some great wins, being on Jeff Gordon's team for all these years. I mean, a new record, 464 laps. It was unbelievable. But it really goes back, when we look at, when I look back at the race, there was a turning point, a moment in time where this race completely changed. And I really think it needs to be discussed because Denny Hamlin had all the momentum going into Martinsville. He's Mr. Martinsville. Yeah. So I thought he had this taken. And then Jeff on Saturday, he proves why he's Mr. Martinsville. <laughs> this qualifying lap was unbelievable. Yeah, when he when he made his lap, I'm like, man, there's nobody beating that. You know what I mean? I had no idea if I could get within a tenth of that lap. But Martin, you know, he's just so good at this racetrack. Well, Vegas had Denny Hammond close to even money. He was yeah. such a favorite going into this race, and, and he proved why early in the race, DJ. Yeah, they dropped the green flag, and he looked like he was still qualifying. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, he put a gap between himself and the rest of the field doing everything exactly right, and it looked like that they had everything that you would want. Uh, it looked like, you know, of course, they didn't get into a really long run at that first part, but it looked like that his car was doing exactly what he wanted uh, all through this first run. And you think, okay, this is Denny Hamlin's kind of race right here. Absolutely. And then, as Martinsville will have, it averaged about 11 yellows. The yellow came earlier, about lap 28. Debris all over the racetrack, which will bring the cars to pit road, which should be an advantage for Denny Hamlin. Jeff, you and I discussed. They did move pit stall one back a little bit, but it's still pit stall one on the toughest of pit roads. The pole sitter should have this advantage. Yeah, it, Denny Hamlin needs to leave with this lead right here. He came in with the lead, has that number one pit stall, and Martin Truex Jr. and his team, they just did a better job. See the left rear came off, but it couldn't get it back on 
this lost him, what, I think five, five or six spots. Yeah, yeah. first to fifth. And, and listen, I can understand how that happens. You can kind of drag a tire off, but you can't put it back on if the car's not high enough. He loses control of the race. And at this point, if you said, hey, Denny Hamlin's never going to lead again, I'd be like, oh, you're crazy. Yeah. But that bright blue auto owner's number 19 <laughs> of Martin Truex Jr. commanded this restart and really commanded the race from here. Yeah, from this point on, he said, this is my race. Uh, you're going to have to go figure out a way to take it away. He was good on the restarts. Uh, Ryan Blaney made run at him. Uh, William Byron, among others, they made runs at him. But he was good in all the right spots. And it didn't make any difference if their car might have been off just a little bit. He did everything that he needed to. So 464 laps. And let me go ahead and tell you that if Kyle Larson doesn't gamble at the end of stage two yeah. for some points, oh yeah, then yeah. it's higher than 464. Because yeah. he was the only other guy to lead. So Martin Truex Jr. had never won a short track race until 2019. Now he wins both Richmond's and Martinsville. Is this an even more dangerous 19 team with Cole Pern and Martin Truex Jr.? I mean, let's remember, they have won a championship before. Do they have a better chance this year? I, they were a few laps away from winning, winning last year. You know, Joey Logano passed them so late yeah. in that race, so fast. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I keep looking for that team to tell me they're the favorite. It changes every week. But now that they have this much time to prepare, they know they're, in, they know they're going to Miami, I think that's a major advantage. I think yeah. now they can just focus 100% on that. Heard Martin on the radio, he said, you know, I could go deer hunting for the next two weeks. Yeah. Think about that. So these guys, they're going to be preparing – and that, that is a major advantage going to one, one race shootout. That's a major advantage. DJ, yeah. if I was Cole Pern, I would say, listen, you can't go deer hunting. You have to come, but do not make any enemies. <laughs> Just be a nice guy on the racetrack yeah. for two weeks. But I think that, you know, they, you know, I was asking Martin in the post-race show about, you know, what could they, are there things at Texas that they could learn that would, might would help him at Homestead? And he said, nothing's going to apply. He said, it's such a different racetrack. He said, even though it's a mile and a half, he said, we all know what Homestead is about. You know, it's no grip, uh, but they're putting stuff on the track at Texas to try to make a second and a third groove. He said, so nothing's going to apply whatsoever. He said, we'll go there and race just like we would have. He said, there's not going to be any pressure. Uh, he said, it's going to be fun for a couple of weeks. He said, but our focus now has turned strictly to Homestead and thinking what we have to do to win this championship. Before I get off of that on him, we noticed up there that Kyle Petty, our colleague, was the one that has yeah. led more yes. laps. It felt like he led about a thousand laps that day at Rockingham <laughs> because he whipped everybody there. It was impressive. Reminded me a lot of that the way Martin Truex did it. But on a short track, to think that that could happen this day and time, what they did yesterday was just so impressive. So you talk about preparation. The years of crew chiefing, I had usually six or eight cars in the process. Right, next week's primary, two weeks away primary, a car being reskinned. I had a bunch of employees. You had different approaches, especially coming up. Texas is very different than Phoenix. There are a lot of you know details you'd have to look through. If I'm Cole Pern, I'm assigning that to a lot of other people. Right now, I am focused on Miami and Miami alone. I personally am going to the wind tunnel with Miami car. I'm going to treat this like I used to treat qualifying for the Daytona 500. Mm -hmm. I don't want to report. I'm going to go do it firsthand. I'm going to personally go to the simulator, personally go to the shaker rig. He can then afford that time. You, you couldn't go personally before because you had to work on other cars. Right yeah, now, yeah. the only car that Cole Pern should be looking at for the next 20 days or so will be that Miami car. I agree. When I had Chad Knauss on my podcast, he said, you know, we won that championship back with Jim Johnson a few years ago. He goes, as soon as we were locked in in Martinsville, we left that day. He goes, I might as well have not went to the next two races. This is a crew chief that has won seven <laughs> championships. For him to admit that, I'm sure Cole Pern's thinking the same thing. It was impressive. But guys... 
Talk about the 24 car in Martinsville. I thought we had a little throwback there. In those closing <laughs> laps, Martin Truex Jr. is being run down or chased by William Byron. So much so that Truex had some comments after the race. My original thought was they put Jeff Gordon back in that car because uh, he's he's so he was so good here. So I was like, damn, he's Jeff's giving him tips or something. You know, Jeff was amazing here. I knew he was hungry. I knew he's never won before. Um, so I knew he was probably willing to, to do just about anything to get a win, and, and I just tried my best to uh, try to get a little bit of a gap because uh, I honestly didn't want him anywhere near me uh, with two or three laps to go. So, But if you could have gotten closer to him, would you have moved him for that first win, knowing how close it was? Yeah, I mean, whatever it takes. I mean, it's just, I, mean I wouldn't race him dirty, uh, but, you know, I'm really hungry for my first – thanks, Roddy – really hungry for my first win, so it's going to – you know, whatever it takes, but he, he ran such a good race. I think he would have been able to drag the brake and, and do all he could to keep me behind him anyway, so um, close. This young man's future <laughs> is so bright. I love what yeah. he had to say that I was going to race him dirty, but I'd hit him if I have to because that's what racing at Martinsville is. 21 years old. Um, if I'm Rick Hendrick today, while there's a lot of focus on Chase Elliott in the playoffs, I'm picking up my phone, calling William up. Hey, do you like your crew chief check? And now as you guys see me running together, I know he can't be your crew chief forever, but I'd love to keep you all together for a few more years. Keep this learning curve. We saw Alex Bowman have a rash of seconds before he went to victory lane. That's kind of mirroring what I'm seeing out of William Byron. All day, DJ, he was up front. Yep. In a race where it's easy to make a misstep, a race where it's easy to overdrive your car, he was always there. And I, I won't lie, at the end of that race, when the 19 stretched the lead, I said, well, it's over. Veteran-like. He attacked, didn't make it, cooled his stuff, attacked again. It, it was really yeah. veteran-like. I'm not sure how he would have got around him, but it would have been uh, fun to watch. Yeah, not only did he attack, but he, and I think you pointed this out yesterday, Jeff, during the, the telecast and, and the race there at the end, he was moving around searching for other places yeah. to try to find a little bit of speed, just find something, a little bit of grip that could get him up to the bumper of the 19. I, I, you know, nothing against Martin Truex Jr. He did everything he needed to do. I was getting excited to see if Byron got there. What would he do? What would this young man do in this situation, trying to get that first win, knowing that you've got a playoff driver there? Uh, you know, How far was he willing to go? But this was the most impressive race by far I've seen him drive. Uh, the change from last year, to this point with William Byron to this year uh, has, I mean, 120, 150% better race yeah. driver now, understanding more of it. Very, very talented. His was the only car that apparently didn't run at Martinsville because he didn't have any dents, I think, on yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple on the bumpers, but both doors still look brand new. So it's so important for a young driver as he's building and, and learning how to, to compete at this level to have some successes. Yes. Right? You have to be reminded that you can do it. And, and – it's it, people can tell you your crew chief can say, man, you're really good. Your spotter and your friends, and everybody can tell you that, but you got to see results. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't see results and you don't feel like you're building on something, so mm -hmm. so for William Byron, whom we all believe can make it and make it big in this sport, to see those results, I think that's huge. Yep. And and he can keep building on that. He's he's putting a down payment down on future success right now. He yep. really is. He's going to be here for a long time and win a lot of races. Yeah, it was a rough day for the nine for Rick Hendrick, but a bright spot in the 24. He has to be sure. feeling great about the organization. I know there's a lot of conversation, but that's two very talented, very young stars yep. that should have great careers. Yep. Well, coming up, we're going to look back at a special moment in the desert for someone on our set. We'll reveal that moment when NASCAR America returns.
this day in NASCAR history takes us back to October 28, 2001, out in the desert in Phoenix, Arizona. Jeff Burton earned the second of back-to-back -back wins in the desert. Valence looks awful high. I have no idea how you won that race. Kim, though, she looks that nervous when Harrison runs now. <laughs> More nervous now. Back-to-back. <laughs> uh, -back. She knew I was going to mess it up. She, think he can, she thinks he can pull it off. <laughs> well, you, so you went back to back. You made a lap up under green. Both of y'all have found success out there. Yeah, fun racetrack. I mean, yeah. I, I never drove on what is there now, but, you know, the old track, I mean, it's still a great place to race. Yeah, it's a fun racetrack. Great yeah. race. And it's, uh, on that day, our car was just silly. That's the only time ever I quit practice early. Really? Yeah, I actually quit wow. practice early. I said, I, there's no way to make it better. Let's just stop. Yeah. And I questioned myself all night after that. <laughs> <laughs> I never did that again. Well, you know who ran third that day? No. Ricky Rudd. Oh, yeah. The reason that bring that up is because Ricky Rudd, the man himself, is the special guest on the Dale Jr. Download. It'll be on tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. It'll be awesome. It's going to be, be awesome. He's going to yeah. be so much fun. But coming up, we'll get reaction from some of the other playoff drivers following Sunday's race at Martinsville as we go through the field after the break. Ford drivers are driven to perform. In this NASCAR playoffs, they're racing for your chance to win. Enter for your shot at a brand new Ford Mustang GT plus high performance prizes unlock each and every race day. Head to NASCAR.com slash Ford Playoffs promo right now to get your entry. Mustang GT. Looks like you're fighting again. Hey, hey. Hey, no, 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 hey, no. Hey, stop, stop. We gotta fight, we gotta fight. Get back. I grew up getting in a lot of fights in my life, so I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I don't see why everyone gets so worked up about it here. I don't think it's a big deal. We ought to, we ought to brush you up a little bit, get stick you in the middle of something. It seemed like that car sort of came to life, is that right? Yeah, thank God it came to life. To lose just a few points to the cutoff is uh, a lot better than you know what I, I thought we, we would uh, actually do today. We had a, a good day, ran top five all day, and got a lot of stage points. We were just playing really hard defense the best we could there on restarts. and. It's so hard to play defense when you can't, you know, you can't roll the middle. They just move you out of the way. It's just, I mean, it's part of it. You got to understand that. That last restart, I got stuck on the outside and lost the spot, but uh, still a good comeback. 19 lapped me there. I'm trying to watch him to see, you know, what if there's anything I can do to, to get better, but his car was just really good. Oh, the 12. Oh. Laney trying to block the two. The two didn't give it to him. Unreal, the two. Brad got into me unintentionally and um, and then gave me a spot back, which I thought was cool of him. Yeah, then 22, it just, uh, we got, he uh, liked my back bumper for some reason. And I wasn't the best at the time. We needed some laps to get going, but just race at Martinsville. I have no hard feelings on it. Gotten a little bit better. I think our car got a little bit better, but I still have a long ways to go. Still in the hunt. Hopefully we can uh, do well these last two. Do you have confidence that you guys can find your way into that championship four? Uh, you just have to have some good stages. I mean, you have two good stages and you're right back in it. All right, eight drivers entered with a chance to go to Miami. Martin Trex Jr. locked in. That leaves a bunch of other drivers to talk about. Let's start with Kevin Harvick. My opinion, quickly, a very mediocre start to the day. I thought the four of Kevin Harvick was going to be better. They did salvage a seventh-place finish. I think that's why you saw a little bit of a grin on Kevin Harvick's face. What's your opinion of the four? Yeah, they, they, I thought they were pretty far. They didn't qualify well, didn't run well in the first two stages. They did make the car better, uh, got some benefit with some other cars having problems. The truth is they six most points of the, of the top eight. Points matter. Yeah. And, you know, to move along, uh, you know, six isn't terrible. 
But for that team, a lot like we talked about with Kyle Busch, we have high expectations, expect him to run better. Yeah, underwhelming team. playoffs so far, but Texas and Phoenix coming up for him. I mean, did he set the schedule? Because those were the two he would <laughs> yeah, pick, I right. think, right? <laughs> All right, well, you talked about a great schedule for Kevin Harvick. This couldn't have been a tougher schedule for Kyle Larson. One, finally got the monkey off his back, wins at Dover. We, I feel that if he can get to Miami, he's going to be great. Martinsville, though, is his worst track, hands down. I mean, he averages outside the top 20. You heard him say, I only lost a few points. That's a great day. I actually was impressed with the 42. Love the gamble the crew chief made yes. to score those points at the end of stage two. Your thoughts on Kyle Larson? Yeah, I actually thought he was being set up to get spun out I did uh, too. in that situation. I did, but it worked out. But Kyle Larson did a great job there, got those points. Yeah, had a top 10 run, but lost five points to the cutoff line. So that just shows how tough this is. I mean, you know, you can't mess around here. You got to go get it done. And, uh, you know, it was a better day for them, but a track they certainly have to put on their radar uh, going forward in the future to be better at. You mentioned the top 10 ended up finishing ninth for Kyle Larson. How about Ryan Blaney? So I, I, I'm going to be the first to say, shame on me. I didn't have him on my radar. I didn't. We, we always do our fantasy preview. His name didn't really come up. Even with speed and first practice, I don't know. I don't know what my thing was. I had a hard time. When you asked me where Blaney Stock was going to be, I would probably tell you to sell. I didn't think it was going to be. You know what? He proved me completely wrong. Ends up in the fifth position. Was up front all day long. Beaten and banging, getting shoved around, not losing his head. I liked the patience, and I liked the calmness of the driver of the 12. Unfortunately, still below the cut line. He is, but he earned the second most points at Martinsville, and I think that's, that's what you have to do. Right? You have to look at that, and I thought that you did a really good job. Drove a smart race. There were yes. multiple times in that race where somebody was behind him, and he found a way to let them get around him without getting himself in trouble, stay calm, stay cool. That is 500 laps in Martinsville is so difficult. I thought he managed the race exceptionally well, had a fast race car, not a win, but a really, really good day for that team. Yeah, it was solid. And, and, he, and he took a race car that can be difficult for a driver that was tight through the center of the corner. Didn't have a lot of speed, but he kept it right around the bottom, which made it hard for others to get around him until their cars would fall off and, and his wouldn't slow down really then. Uh, just did a great job of managing and picking up some points. As Kevin Harvick said in his interview there, now you're just a, a couple of good stages away from being right back in the middle of everything. I don't know where to start on poor Chase Elliott. Let's just be fair. Breaks an engine 15 minutes in the first practice. They had an engine failure at Dover. I thought that was going to be all bad luck he could have. He does a, just a remarkable job early in this race, not putting any, his car in any risk, no damage, works through the field. Because it's easy to panic. At one point, the leader was on the same straightaway. Yeah. But he worked his way through the field, ends up racing into the top 10 to break. I assume it's an axle. I haven't got that confirmed. An axle, a gear, something in the driveline. 36th, currently 44 points out. I'll ask plain and simple. Plain and simple. Must win for Chase Elliott? Must win for Chase Elliott. And, uh, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, we've seen him struggle over the years. They've gotten some speed. You know, they've gotten some speed back, but can't have these mechanical problems. You just quite simply cannot have them. Yeah, it's very unfortunate because he had a fast race car. We know that he's performed at a very high level there. Uh, when he drove up through the pack, I was, you know, everybody was talking about it's going to be hard to pass. I thought, well, he's got a car that can do it. Reminded me of the Roval when he drove past everybody. So it uh, looked like he was going to have another good day. But as you pointed out, you can't have these problems, especially in this round of eight. And remember, the reason he started in the back is because he broke a motor. Yeah. First <laughs> laps out on the racetrack. I mean, broke an engine in the first practice, broke a rear end axle in the race. That's not Henrik Motorsports quality. They, right. They've got to do better. Yeah. Well, the one good thing Chase Elliott does have, he has a crew chief that has won at Phoenix with three different drivers, Chase not being one of them. So maybe he could go four for four. Yeah. I also think Chase could win at Texas. 
You I never think know. He performs at a high level there. Well, yeah, speaking oh, yeah. of oh, Texas, yeah. we're going to look ahead to Texas. And listen, Eddie Gossage, you don't think he's not going to use this fight, right? I mean, this is so much information for Eddie Gossage. He's loving Martinsville leading into Texas. Well, revisiting our top story, NASCAR has suspended Team Penske crew member Dave Nicholas Jr. for his role in the post-race altercation between Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano at Martinsville. Nicholas will miss this Sunday's race at Texas Motor Speedway. He was the crew member that pulled Denny Hamlin down. I don't think any surprises. NASCAR had to do something else. And not just the only news, just announced today as well. Some news out of the RCR camp, Danny Stockman. First-year crew chief for Austin Dillon in the Cup Series. They have experience together. Said he's going to step down at the end of the year. Justin Alexander will resume the role. I say that because he has been Dillon's crew chief before. They won some big races. Daytona. They won Charlotte. Um, RCR, not the best of years. Driver change coming at the eight. Now a crew chief change coming at the three. Your thoughts? Uh, they need to mix it up. Yeah, I like to drive. I, I think I, I really think that Reddick coming in there uh, is the kind of driver Richard loves. He's going to get in there and mix it up. Gonna have to build some race cars because <laughs> he's gonna be digging. But Richard's okay with that. Like he's yeah. okay with that. I, they're just trying to mix it up, find that magic that they're looking for. Yeah, everybody looking for uh, putting those personalities, the driver and the crew chief together, that that can make things happen. Uh, because you have to get out there and get the job done. And uh, I applaud them for making changes uh, just to try to move forward. I think it, it uh, it's unfortunate for some race teams when they watch the races back, and we don't mean to do it, but when you get into the playoffs and eight guys are racing for a chance to yeah. win a championship, yeah. they get a lot of the coverage. And I think all yeah. these other teams are like, this is going to have to be us, folks. We're going to have to change something. So I completely understand it. But guys. We mentioned Eddie Gossage. We're going to Texas. Eddie <laughs> never misses a chance to do a great promotion. I don't think there could be a better race after a short track. So do you want to go? I mean, do you want to go? That's what That's Eddie Hamlet said. So I have a feeling this billboard is going to be seen all around Texas Motor Speedway. <laughs> well, yeah, you had Eddie Gossage is great. And, and, you know, he does benefit, certainly, uh, from things like <laughs> Martinsville and, and the race that go on there. But I expect a great race this weekend, too, at, Mar uh, at Texas. Yeah, I I've been a victim of Eddie's uh, <laughs> marketing. Us. And, uh, yeah, it's funny when it happens to everybody oh, yeah. else. It's not uh -huh. so funny when it's you. <laughs> all right, real quick. Winner, Texas. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Again? Oh, I like that pick. That, yeah, I'm going, I'm going DJ. Walk off. Chase Elliott. That's me. All right, that's all wow. from us here in Charlotte. Coming up next, all in Road to the Breeders' Cup. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.